Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this quarter's report review. My name is Patrick Luce, economist and speaker here at ITR Economics, and excited to dive in together to really unpack a lot of the trends that we're seeing within the macro economy and what that means to you and your segment of the economy. And as we think about the, the key overarching theme, it's been very heavily focused on the interest rate environment. Uh, this is a chart that you went through quite a bit last quarter's review about the yield curve inversion that sends signals as to when we get into a recession. But we're going to continue looking at this chart here because it also sends signals as to when we exit a recession. And right now we are expecting to enter recession by the end of this year, 2023, and more specifically through 2024. But following that, 2025, we are expecting to see a recovery in growth. And a lot of that is underpinned by this analysis of what is going on within the interest rate environment. We really want to see these two yield curves go normal again, where the short-term three-month yield curve, that light blue line, falls back below the long-term 10-year yield curves. And this sends signals as to when the economy exits a recession. And this, this is definitely something that's going to be correlated to the Federal Reserve's action here over the next couple of months. And what we want to point out and recognize is that the Fed's tone does change pretty quickly, and we want to be able to stay up to date on what they are saying and what they are doing. And that's why we've launched this Fed Watch uh, YouTube videos. I've dropped in a link here so that you have access to those where our CEO and chief economist, Brian, is going to be publishing his thoughts uh, on what is going on in the interest rate space, what he is seeing and hearing from the Fed and other topical items so that we can keep a finger on the pulse there and see if the Federal Reserve is really following along with our expectations. Our current forecasts uh, really accommodate an additional 25 to 75 basis point of rise, and we are expecting them to really peak that federal funds target rate this quarter, the second quarter of 2023. So definitely tune in, make sure that you're on top of the interest rate environment as well and where we are seeing those signals. And while we're thinking about signals, this is one data point, doesn't make an analysis. We got to look at the whole spectrum of leading indicators and use that as part of our analysis. And this is a snapshot of those leading indicators from your report that are pretty much in agreement. They're suggesting a couple more quarters of weakening economic conditions, or at least a couple more quarters of weakening economic conditions. And it's going to be really important to know what this means for you. And what I'll ask you is to, to know your data and know if you lead or lag the economy. For example, the housing sector, the finance sector, those tend to lead the economy, whereas non-residential construction tends to lag the economy. On top of that, know what COVID echoes amplify or offset the impacts to your business specifically. You know, some segments of the economy were stimulated way over trend, thinking about housing there. And that's going to be more susceptible to the declines that we're seeing in the macroeconomic forces sooner and more pronounced. The flip side is the automotive sector, sector was unduly negative during the post-COVID recovery due to chip shortages. And we're starting to see supply chain pressures ease, starting to see the chips show up for the automotive sector. And that is currently resulting in a rising trend, accelerated growth within the auto sector. So knowing your relationship to the economy and knowing how your business reacted and recovered during the post-COVID era to be very important to this transition. And as we think about what's 
going on today within the economy, these current events, one of the big ones is uh, that we're seeing in the headlines is the banking sector, calling it a banking crisis. And we, we do want to pause and think, well, are we heading towards a banking crisis? Is this what's being signaled? And right now we're monitoring that situation, but based upon where the weak challenges and weaknesses are showing up within the banking sector and what types of actions the Federal Reserve has taken and the Treasury has taken to make sure that folks above those uh, FDIC deposit limits are insured and covered uh, is quelling some of those fears. And this is, again, something that we're going to continue to keep our eye on. But as it looks right now, uh, it does seem like it's more of an isolated incident, talking about those smaller, more regional banks with higher percentages of their deposits being above that $250,000 insured limit, uh, as well as the banks that are just far more invested or far more involved within the venture capital firms, the tech space, and really all of those startups that we saw in 2020, 2021, as a result of Fed's easy monetary policy that was going on during that time period. So uh, this is a great time for us to just re-emphasize the management objectives that are contained within the back of your report. And you know, each sex, uh, phase of the business cycle brings about a whole series of different management objectives to consider. And I think the big one as the economy is slowing down and considering what is going on with smaller and regional banks is to evaluate your vendors, know their financial strength, know their risk exposure and take the actions necessary to make sure that you're not exposed to that risk, whether it be looking for additional vendors as a safety net or having multiple uh, redundancy within your supply chains as well as your banks. And so this is always a great opportunity as the economy is slowing down, as your business is potentially uh, slowing down and catching its breath to look into uh, hedging against those risks. And as it relates to the broader economy though, the, the big question is, well, how how has the banking segment impacted our forecasts? And generally speaking, it hasn't. As I mentioned, we were thinking this is a pretty contained issue. We're not seeing this being a crisis or systemic banking failure akin to, say, 2008, 2009, the Great Recession time period. Um, and so we can snapshot a couple of those core macroeconomic indicators that are included within your report. And the one that I wanted to focus on today is non-defense capital goods new orders, which is just a great barometer for business to business spending. And this forecast was in place. It's the same forecast we were using in your January report. But we wanted to highlight a couple of key trends that we are seeing, focusing in on those fundamentals of supply and demand. Those, those are great guiding forces here. And the global supply chain pressure index, that's signaling that supply chain conditions in early 2023 have been slightly less tight than the long-term average. So that uh, at its surface sounds like uh, things have gone back to normal or even better than normal. But when we survey and sample the clients that we work with and other folks within the industry, what we're hearing still is that there's often missing a golden screw, a single essential material or component necessary for their products. And that is still maintaining elevated lead times for a lot of segments of the economy. Now, when I flip over to the leading indicators and think about the demand drivers, some, some great insights that we get is from the ISM's Purchasing Managers Index, the U.S. Business Confidence Index. Those are singling downward pressure within new orders, business-to-business -business spending into at least late this year. 
and that softening demand ahead will likely further reduce pressures on supply chains. If you're in that group that's still waiting on that golden screw, know that the leading indicators are suggesting further easing there. But I do want to think about what what our outlook here for the overall new order space to continue growing, albeit at a slowing pace this year, and then entering into recession in 2024. I want to think about those three Bs of business, billings, bookings, and backlogs. Avoid overemphasizing your backlogs. Orders are more likely to be canceled on the backside of the business cycle. So make sure that you have a mechanism in place to avoid or hedge against those cancellations or orders being placed on hold. Also, you know, we've focused a lot on the challenges to come from a waning economic environment, but there brings opportunities too. As you catch your breath after a pretty strong cyclical rise in 2021, 2022, now is a good time to focus on developing programs for advertising, training and marketing, especially towards the bottom of the business cycle in 2024, Get ready to implement those strategic plans once phase A recovery shows up and you can really get first in line for the growth that comes. We are expecting 2025 to be a growth year. And one thing we do want to point out is not all markets, not all regions are created equal. Some will be more insulated to the upcoming downturn. Others will be more risk uh, averse or more uh engaged within that downturn. So making sure you're tracking your individual markets as well as the overall economy is going to be crucial. And in that space, uh, we do have your markets dashboard. Wanted to kind of flash this up here and just give a broad overview of where things currently are and where we're expecting to head. Currently, much of the uh, economy is in that slowing growth, but there are a couple of phase Bs in that current column. And this is suggesting or indicating that there is a rising trend in the 12-12 rates of change for private warehouse construction, as well as North America light vehicle production. We do expect that momentum to wane. Uh, ultimately, non-residential construction, warehouse construction tends to lag the economy, so it's feeling the, the growth now, but expected to transition to slowing growth by the end of this year. Uh, light vehicle production, which is uh, still an accelerating growth, whereas the majority of the industrial production sector is in slowing growth. Uh, a lot of that is just the replenishing of inventories that were drawn down during the post-COVID era. As I mentioned, the uh, the supply chain issues with semiconductors are just those echoes where we are seeing a bit more outperformance within production in that space, but expecting that to turn to slowing growth and eventually recession. And so 2023, mostly slowing growth signals here, 2024, recessionary trends showing up, and then 2025, the growth trends. And I did want to focus really quickly on these forecasts and specifically identify that this page here only has two forecasts that were revised relative to our prior report. The first one is that construction, the warehouse construction space, and the big driver there was a data revision uh, from the U.S. Census Bureau. It caused an upward revision due to uh, our expectations not being in aligned with what the new data was suggesting, but we are looking at the leading indicators there, vacancy rates, desire to shorten supply chains, the macroeconomic growth and the, the tailwinds there because it does lag the economy and that's all supporting this outlook. The other forecast that we revised was food production. Uh, and this was another victim of a big data revision uh, released by the Federal Reserve Board 
uh, which was varied enough to necessitate a revision of that forecast. But again, focusing on the leading indicators, talking about corporate profits for food, beverage, and tobacco products, the retail sales leading indicators, the exchange rate trends, along with the broader economy is supporting this outlook here. Key distinction is that now we are expecting food production to have a very mild recession uh, trend by the end of 2024, but there is some upside risk to that. And when I mean upside risk, potential to outperform that based upon U.S. farm proprietors' income. That's rising at an accelerating pace, suggesting there might be cash on hand to invest in farming operations despite relatively high interest rates. So definitely keep an eye on your individual markets. And I know these sessions are like drinking from a fire hose. Hopefully we can get more and more gulps each time we check in. But do want to just say, as always, if you have any questions as you dig into the report, listen to this recording, please don't hesitate to reach out. Hope everyone has a great second quarter. Enjoy your day. We look forward to checking in again in a couple of months.